Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Genesis 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. These are the words that welcome us to our journey through the Old Testament here on Revival from the Bible. What we are planning to do is over the next 312 episodes, go through chapter by chapter the Old Testament. Now, we just recently did that with the New Testament, so now that New Testament audio commentary is complete, and our goal is over this next year to go through the Old Testament. So, whether you're going through this with us as the episodes come out, or whether you're listening to this at some point in the future, we I want to welcome you to this and just explain a little bit of what our hope is Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. God's word brings new life and and refreshment and rejuvenation into our souls. And that's what I want you to see as we go through the New Testament. I want you to see that there's more to the Bible reading than just getting it done. There's more to it than just Uh, Knowing new things, although let's not undersell that, knowing more is important. But when we interact with God's word, we want to see that revival happening in our hearts, our faith being strengthened and, and renewed, our love for the Lord, our passion for him being heated up through the fire of the word of God. And I hope that you will see that with me every day uh, throughout these 312 episodes as we go through the Old Testament. We'll go through the Old Testament uh, in a little different order than you may be used to. Uh, More on that later because you really won't notice it here uh, for the first several weeks, even couple months of our reading together. But we're starting today with Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And as we look at this passage and some terms that will come up throughout the year, as we look at these various passages, that there's two sets of three words that I want you to understand because I'll refer to them somewhat frequently. The first is these three words, then, always, now. These are good words to think about whenever you're reading or studying the Bible. Some would call this the tan method, where you look at a passage and you say, okay, then what is going on here between the original author and the original audience? And we know God is inspiring this. So what is God intending for the original audience to understand as they hear this word? Then always Uh, helps us think more broadly, what do we see here in what God is communicating to the original audience that is always true? Principles that are true in any time and in any place. These can be uh, things that are true for God's people, things that we should or shouldn't do. These can also be things that are true about God because God is the same. God does not change. If we see something in Genesis 1 and 2 that is true about God, guess what? It's always true. True. And then now, 
That's where we really try to take, okay, what do we see God communicating through his word and how does that apply to my life today specifically in how I should think differently or feel differently or act differently? The other set of three words is learn, worship, and apply. And these are words that I've come back to a lot as I try to help people get more out of the Bible. It's easy sometimes to do your Bible reading. Okay, I checked that off. I got that off of the list. What's next? And even 10 minutes later, hey, so what'd you read about? Well, I don't know. And if you're wanting a way just to meditate on God's word or even just to pause and say, okay, what did I get out of this? Those are three words I think that are helpful. First, learn. Like we've already said, reading the Bible isn't only about head knowledge, but that doesn't mean that head knowledge is not included or that it's not important. We want to know more about the Bible. So you can simply ask yourself, what did you learn? What did you learn that you didn't know before, that you didn't understand as deeply? And even if you read through the Bible every year, I guarantee you there's regularly going to be verses that come up and you say, wait, what what does that mean? Or maybe I knew the answer to that once, but I don't know now. Challenge yourself. Learn those new things as you go through the Bible again. The second word there is worship. Again, we are seeing in the Bible It's telling us about God, and God is amazing. God is worthy. So that's another good thing to ask yourself. Okay, what, based on what I just read, can I worship God for? And then third is apply. That's very similar to the now and then always now. We want to get into the nitty-gritty of your daily life and how you can think, feel, and act differently based on what you read in God's Word. Now, with all that kind of said, that's a longer introduction than normal. Let's really dive into these important chapters in Genesis 1 and 2. And these may be familiar chapters, which help us as we get started, but there's two particular areas I want us to focus on in our reading today. And the first is what it tells us about the Creator, and then the second, what it tells us about God's creation. So first, let's consider the Creator. When you look at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, it's telling us something important about God. And if we think through what is the intention of this passage to the original audience, I think that really is the central idea. Now, when you've heard a sermon on Genesis 1, I want you to think even, what have you heard throughout your life about Genesis 1? I'm going to hazard a guess and say even most of that, probably most of what you have heard, uh, comes back to probably creation versus evolution, or even kind of within people who uh, would claim Christianity, maybe some debate about uh, young earth creationism or old earth creationism and whether we should view this creation as you know six literal days or, or some alternative view. That's what much of the discussion focuses on. And I don't think that's unimportant. I'll put my cards on the table right away and say, I think we're talking about six literal days. And I would say, yeah, I'm a young earth creationist because I think the Bible is clear on this. When you look at this language, even in how it's understood elsewhere in the Bible, I don't think the science is clear here. And I think you run into some pretty serious theological problems if you start Uh, getting away from the the plain reading of the text here. If you start allowing for death before sin, or if you start saying, well, I'm not sure if Adam and Eve were real people, you start to undermine 
some things we'll see in the New Testament are pretty important to the biblical understanding of sin and then ultimately the gospel. So I think it's important how we understand these passages, but I don't think that's the original point. I don't think the reason Genesis 1 is here for the original audience is so that they knew that God created the world in six literal days. There's a broader point than that about the character of God. As we look at Genesis 1 especially, the point that we see here that comes through again and again is that God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, the first verse says a lot. It's saying that there is a God and he has created everything that there is. And that's very important when you consider this being the first verse of those first five books of the Bible, the law or the Torah or the books of Moses, books that would have been given to the Israelites in between the Exodus and Egypt and and the conquest of Canaan. So they're coming out of a society that is filled with idols and they are headed to conquer a, a country that is filled with idols. They need to know from the very beginning that there is one God and he created everything. There is nothing that you can point to out in the world and in nature and say, well, how did that get there? That the answer is not God created it. And that is an essential point for a people that will be tempted again and again by idolatry. They need to know there is one God and that starts with his being a creator. And these are things that are still important for us today because there is one God and because he is the creator. You should center your life all around him. It's not about you. It's about him. He's the creator. And other things that we'll see uh, even just established in the Old Testament based on this principle. I mean, just think of the greatest commandment that will come across in Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's really based on the fact that there is one God and he is the creator. And God's telling the Israelites, you need to submit to my authority. You need to obey me. And also the Bible highlights God's role as a creator as a reason why we should trust him. Think even of Jesus when he teaches people not to be anxious. What does he point to? He points to creation and the creator who cares for the lily, who cares for the birds. Won't he care for you? So I hope you see this information about God as creator is not just important in the Old Testament. It's important for you because you should center your life around the creator. You should submit to his authority. You should trust his wisdom and his power. And maybe even spend some time meditating on some of the specific ways that you need to do that. The other thing we want to focus on in these first few chapters is then God's creation. God's creation. We see a lot about God's intention for man. We see even God giving us a pattern for work and rest. And we see God instituting marriage and the family in this passage. Think of what we see at the end of chapter one, where God blesses uh, his creation. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And this blessing and command flows from right before that, God saying that he created man in his image, which means that Man, uh, humanity in a unique way resembles and represents God 
in the world. And that's something I don't think we have a high enough appreciation for. Notice how that flows directly then into that idea that really brings us to family and work. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. If you think of most people's lives, I mean, family and your job, that's a lot of what's going on in your life. And here we see those ideas go all the way back to the beginning. God instituted the family. God instituted work and they're good things. Now we'll get into Genesis 3 and we'll see how those things have been complicated. Family is more complicated than it should be. Uh, Work is more complicated than it should be before the fall, but they are still there before the fall. And one thing we will see about God's order for creation is that it is good. I mean, think of how many times you see that in chapter one. It is good. It is good. It is very good. And now we're past the curse. It's not what it once was, but what I want you to see is that design for creation has been marred, but it has not been lost. And so I hope that just fills you with a lot of things as you start reading through the Bible. And if you're going through this with us in real time, it's the start of a new year. I hope this just refreshes you in a lot of ways. One, I hope it refreshes your wonder at creation. God created the heavens and the earth. Read in chapter one, how he forms uh, the earth and how he fills the earth. And we should be amazed at all the creation around us. I hope this passage renews that in you. Also, as you think about work or family, I hope this renews your passion to do that. As you go to work this week, remember that work even done rightly isn't it expression of you being made in the image of God. Animals don't go to work like humans do because they don't resemble and represent God like humans do. So don't just view this ho-hum as another year of work. View this as an opportunity to resemble and represent God in what you do and in you living out that rhythm that we see here of, of work and also rest. Think of this also in your family. We see some important things about marriage in chapter 2. We see that the role of the, the wife is to be a helper to her husband. And we see from the very beginning this example of a husband cherishing his wife. Just think the first words out of the mouth of a man in the Bible is, is really a poem of praise for his wife. Maybe that's an immediate application, guys. So there's a lot of things we see here in Genesis 1 and 2 that are so foundational, and I hope that they even refresh and revive your heart today. As you can see, going through the Old Testament, we'll have bigger passages. There'll be a lot, and we're going to try to highlight the main points and hopefully answer some questions as we go through. But I hope you already find your heart today as you reflect on the Creator and the creation. I hope you find your heart revived and refreshed. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.